Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. This podcast is powered by Podcast Network Asia. For more information on the shows and the network, visit podcastnetwork.asia and Podmetrics, the only analytics you'll ever need for your podcast. Sign up for free at podmetrics.co and use my referral code RJ Ledesma. The best person who should run a company during a crisis is a person who knows the business like the back of their hand. You don't need a person who's just going to learn the business because you need enterprise mastery. Eh? Hello and welcome to the RJ Ledesma podcast. My name is RJ Ledesma. And on our podcast, I will be speaking with the country's pioneering business personalities and entrepreneurs to learn more about their philosophy when it comes to business, their best practices and success secrets, their business innovations during this pandemic, and of course, the emerging opportunities that they see in the new normal. Now, if there is a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview on this podcast, please let us know. Drop me a message. Now, this is my inaugural podcast, so I made sure I got a very, very special guest, a guest who I really admire in business, but at the same time is very close to my heart. In fact, our next guest is the Ninong of, of my youngest child. Uh, he is my mentor, my business partner in Mercato Central, and my co-founder in Easy Franchise. And uh, this fantastic, fantastic uh, entrepreneur, because of his entrepreneurial savvy, he received numerous awards uh, which include the Franchise Excellence Hall of Fame in 2003, the MVP Bossing Award in 2011, the Entrepreneur Award of the Year in 2016, and the 2019 uh, Asian Institute of Management AAA Distinguished Alumni Achievement Award. He is currently the Entrepreneur in Residence at the Asian Institute of Management. My boss and my idol, Jose Jomag, Mr. Potato Corner, Magsaisai. Jomag, thanks so much for joining me for my first podcast. Thanks so much for being here. It's an honor to be here, RJ. Thank you. Thanks so much, Jomag. And just for people to know, no, um, I was very honored when Jomag first said, uh, you know, to come not only to this, to this podcast, but actually uh, to be my business partner. Uh, there was a time where we were at the crossroads of, of my business, Mercato Central. And when we had to make a major business decision, uh, the, one of the first persons I presented my project to was actually to Potato Corner. Uh, Joma, you, you remember that day, right? When I went to your office very nervously and showed you my, right. my slide. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, what, is, what is that like for you? I just want to remember, uh, what, what are you thinking? I mean, I was coming to you out of the blue and I presented to you. No, I thought, I thought, no, you were, I thought you were very aggressive. You were very assertive. I think being assertive is one of your strengths, RJ. So I appreciate even you coming there to present to Potato Corner. So, so because of that, we are here now. No, we're partners. Thank you. We're partners now. Yeah, and I really like Jomag your philosophy that you know how you build your business are through partnerships. And I guess later on we'll get to hear more about your your business philosophy and and why uh, I'm one person who's truly an admiration of what you do. Uh, but let's really get into uh, uh, the life of Jomag Mangsaisai because it, it's a very you've got a very interesting story. 
I would love for our listeners to learn more about it. But you know, you, you're a you're a multi awarded entrepreneur. I want to know what is a typical day like for you, Joe Mag, or is your day atypical? There's there's no common day for you. You know, my my typical day is you know when I get up in the morning. I'm thankful I still get up in the morning, you know, in spite of my five brain surgeries. Wow, but five brain surgeries! I, I don't I don't have any routine. I mean, some of my friends are are wondering how come you don't have any routine. I have some friends who. Cannot start the day without coffee. I have some friends who cannot start the day without making a poop, you know. But I don't have any routine whatsoever. So a typical day for me is unplanned. Uh, of course, my wife is not too happy about that. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, I have to compromise sometimes. <laughs> but it, no, no plans. A typical day for me is I just do a day and see what happens. Really, uh, that, that's interesting because most people would think like an entrepreneur like yourself that you day mo is super super planned out, and it's it's not like that actually. Oh, uh, the only things that I do, I, I black out certain things. Like for example, Thursdays is my day for me myself, and then for example, during this crisis, Tuesdays is for for activities not related to any work, but related to other things, more on for other people. And then, other than that, well, of course, prayer meetings every Monday night at 8 p.m. And then everything else is open for anything. I see. I mean, I like how your day actually works. But then can I just ask you right now, what keeps you, what keeps you very motivated in what you do? Because, you know, ever since I met you, you've been very motivated and been very sharp when it comes to business, particularly when it comes to what, what, what's next, what's coming up for you. Uh, do you I know that you, you do a lot of sports. You actually are into archery you're into uh motocross racing you are into uh sailboats uh what 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 do you do what what keeps you you know fit and and, and sharp do you also read a lot of books what, what what's it like for you well i read a lot from well now not any more books no but i read a lot on on digital on, on the internet uh, i watch a lot of youtube so i'm really amazed with youtube uh you can find anything at youtube and then uh what keeps me going really is is looking for is looking at at partners, looking for partners, looking. I can feel how they feel. Like for example, I'm re- I'm I'm actually sad nowadays because I can feel a lot of micro entrepreneurs uh, are feeling heavy or or feeling difficult because of the crisis. So I'm trying to find a way to help. Uh, in fact, our franchises of Potato Corner, our our priority now really is to find a way to. To supplement their incomes because their incomes were slashed already because there no there's no food traffic in the malls schools are closed so what can we do for our franchisees the number one thing uh, we're trying to find ways to help our franchisees it's difficult but I think uh, we'll see where it goes mm. but but which I want I want to just find out when you think of it as a difficulty and you've gone through many difficulties in the past. Does the difficulty sort of like it motivates you to even think out of the box? Because I mean, that, that's how I see you. Eh? How do these difficulties affect you? Well, uh, well, we, you, I don't know if you know that uh, we, we came, Potato Corner came out from the Asian economic crisis almost close, no? Uh, oh, really? Before the Asian economic crisis in two thousand in nineteen ninety seven, we had one hundred twenty stores. After after the after the Asian economic crisis hit, by the year 2000, we barely had 40 stores. And the, four, the, four, the only 40 stores that were open were franchise stores. Imagine if we didn't have any franchise stores. I mean, 
that's why we need to take care of our franchises because our their franchises in our in in potato corner who will always fight and who will always take a bullet for for you so partners partners for life so we have to take care of each other i guess that that philosophy is really built the partners for life was really built really because of that you know you were the expert in franchising and and you saw how important partnership was to be able to grow the business just how just how many potato corner franchises are there are, are there right now here in the philippines and all over the world well in the philippines uh, before covid no before before the crisis started uh, we had about one th- more than 1100 stores open in the philippines and 240 stores open outside the philippines now now because of the crisis uh, we have 750 stores open in the philippines and about uh 100 about 200 stores open outside the philippines the nice the beauty about this this thing is we're able to put a portfolio outside the philippines and and those and, and somehow our international stores don't seem affected too much by the by the pandemic but in oh, the philippines crazy. we're hurt we're hurt pretty bad in the philippines so and and even those 750 stores that are open you know sales are not still too good so we have to do many we have to find we have to search on what to do and how to make our income better for our stores i really want to get into it later on and how and uh, that thinking process of how you plan to make things better for the stores and we'll, we'll take we'll take that up later on uh, in the podcast but i'm also interested to find out just how many how many countries are is potato corner in right now you know i think we are in 14 countries and we're opening two more countries this year wow. and we're opening maybe 12 more stores outside the philippines That's amazing. Uh, is it you, you? You find like a franchise, uh, like major franchisors in the other countries, or do no, they come to you now? Well, then the nice thing about building a nice brand is, is you first you work on your brand, right? You work on your product first, work on the brand, and then you know they come to you. Uh, these are just like uh, apples falling, falling, and then we're we're catching them, and that's the, we're thankful for that, you know. And then when you open, for example, in the USA. USA becomes a showroom or a showcase for your brand. So we get international inquiries because of the stores in Thailand, because the store in Singapore, because the store in the USA. And when when you look at these uh, different stores, now what what really made it interesting for me was that I saw a post from you that in the midst of this pandemic, you actually opened up a new store in Ca- in Canada. That was your first franchisee in Canada, is that right? No, that was actually there was already a, a, a store open in Canada before okay. the pandemic started, the lockdown started. The that franchisee, our franchisee there is just opening again and he might open two more stores by the end of this year. Despite the despite the pandemic, so they're doing okay. Yes, they're doing okay. Okay. So it looks like it's just us who's having a bit of a struggle uh managing <laughs> the uh, managing the pandemic. I wonder, I wonder why. Kumbaga <laughs> <laughs> understatement. Uh, And we'll try to keep that for later on. And there's another thing I wanted to ask you. Uh, a bit more about your life, if you don't mind. Um, you engage in a lot of these different sports, and and many of them are very. I mean, they're very physically challenging and taxing. I mean, and and these are not the atypical sports. You you do you do archery and you do you do a motocross racing, like I said earlier, and you, and you do sailing. Where, where does where does all this energy come from to do all these different sports? I think it's I think it's the personality that maybe it's a uh, what you call hugot maybe because you like you know everybody's coming from somewhere it's like it's my childhood maybe call it childhood issues 
uh, <laughs> and then my my quest for my quest for extreme sports sometimes come from that from that who got from those childhood issues and then also if you look at if you really look at my personality i am i am a loner i i don't i don't engage in if you look at my sports you realize i realize because of my sports i'm not a team player in terms i don't i don't like team sports i don't enjoy team sports i might i might i might like watching team sports like football like like basketball but i engage in sports that are individual in nature like archery sailing and and uh, dirt biking mm-hmm. uh-huh. and and what i realized from you also as well jomang is that because that's that's also sort of like your 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 business philosophy from what i understand from you is because with other people sometimes you say i don't follow the trend eh? i do what i want to do and then bahala na diba i'll do what i want to do is that right you know you know that's right and i think to me to me and and for potato corner i think that that became uh a good a good thing for the brand because uh look look at me i i never smoked i never smoked in my life mm-hmm. it's because i don't i don't get affected by peers because i don't follow, i don't have a, i don't i don't i don't i'm not I'm not uh, a guy who has barcadas, so I'm not affected by peer pressure. I, I never smoke, and I don't go where they go. So, in fact, one one friend told me, uh, described me as there was a term eh, that that uh, that somebody that gave used. me antithesis of order. That was the term uh. that, that that she described me. So I'm a person who really doesn't do what others do. So, and that's I think. Best, that's what best describes me, I think. In life and in business as well, as to how you've taken the, uh, even franchising, I remember you used to tell me like, this is what people teach about franchising. I don't do that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, uh, I, I, I want to study the rules. So in the Philippines, the rules are different of franchising. And then in the US, franchising rules are different. In, the, in Australia, the franchising rules are different. Indonesia also. But if you look at, USA, for example, there there are strict franchise rules in the USA, but what we do everywhere, everything we do about about how we do business is we skirt in and out of what the best practices are. Well, sometimes we skirt in and out of the law, but you know, not enough that it's bad, not enough to hurt others. But you know, when you're always a startup, when you feel like a startup always, when you feel like a challenger always, uh, I think you have to do that. So that you can you can come in and challenge the the bigger players. I, I like that. It's really it's really that 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 what you have even up to now for Potato Corner is that you've managed to keep it with a sort of startup mentality, despite how old it is already, right? I mean that 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 seems to be what makes it alive, eh? because you even developed a uh, Potato Corner lab. If I don't, if I'm not mistaken, right? Right, right. Well, what you know, the, our, yeah. our gym, you know, uh, I re- I actually retired. I actually retired from Potato Corner last year. That's in right. Fact, uh-huh. In fact, if you look at it, I my 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 first brain surgery started in 2014, so I wasn't able to work too too much already, too much too hands on anymore. Uh, because every time I had a brain surgery, my recovery period was about three months. So, but and and that was every year I had one brain surgery, you know, for the next wow. five years. So. Wow. But I'm happy that you know the people in the team, the potato the team potato corner or barangay potato corner was able to step up and, and you know and take care of the business and, and my partners also. And then that's what I that you were saying. You were mentioning about partners. I 
every business I do are with partners. And 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 the handshake that we have, even the handshake we have, RJ, diba? We yeah, take oh. care of each other. I mean, we'll have to take care take care of each other. And I I, I that's what I like, you know, it, it's that working with you doesn't that didn't take a lot of time or documentation. It's basically we talked about it, we agree, and everything else can be malleable based on that one. But the but the handshake is that is that strong, eh? And that's what I really appreciate uh working with another entrepreneur. Um thank you. And Java, I have a question. Lang. So sorry, if, I hope you don't mind that I'm prying now, but you had five brain surgeries. <laughs> what what happened? What happened to you? If you don't mind me asking, what what was it something that happened? Was it uh congenital or was it something that or did something did you have an accident or something? What what happened? Well, first on during the first brain surgery, my doctors thought it was congenital because there was a uh, at the bottom of my my skull, there was a her- herniation on the on the where the leak on the brain where the brain fluid leak was coming from. In fact, oh. part of the brain matter was already came out. So, <laughs> so they so they thought it was uh, it was a uh, congenital. Second brain surgery, it 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 leaked again. So they had to do another thing. Then before the third brain surgery, before the surgery started, my my doctor, same doctors, huh? my doctors decided, I think Jomag, uh, my, my other doctor suspected something. So he, he did a brain scan. And true enough, you know, he saw, his suspicion was right. The reason why my, my issues of my brain were recurring is I had, had hydrocephalus. Hydrocephalus? So, yeah. At least... I had I had many brain infections that some of the things, a lot of things in my brain got hair, haywired. So, uh, so now I they placed a bulb, uh, they call it a, a tube. So I have a tube here now, from here inside going down to my stomach. So it drains it drains the brain pressure because hydrocephalus is excessive brain pressure. Wow, that that's amazing, and you know. What amazes me is that you know, it, it like talking to you right now. Parang it it doesn't really affect you. It's not it's not it, well. That's that's how I see it, Jomag. I I don't know about you, but then uh, you, you seem to be you know. How, how did you take all this one? Did it how did it inform all these brain surgeries? How did it inform your, I guess, your life and how how you see business? Well, I think I think business has changed. That's the reason why I retired last year. It's because uh, you know, I saw. I saw life differently. I actually even now I live a day at a time, because uh, I don't know what will happen. I still have, I'm still taking medication for my brain. If I don't take the medication, I have extreme brain, extreme pain. Not even morphine can take. You know, I had I had plenty morphine, and not even as much, how much I, I drank. Even if I drink a lot of morphine, the the pain will go away. In wow. fact, then they stumbled on another medicine that that brings it all away. So I'm taking that. So the morphine, I should have given it to you or, or some friends. No? <laughs> I, I, I returned it back to the hospital. <laughs> Amazing. And how, how did it inform the way that you see business as well? Like, did, did it also change your perspective? Yeah, I, I think uh, what, what, what I realized is you have to live a day at a time and then you have to spend some time with your family. And that one, that part I wasn't able to, to do well, you know. I'm happy that when I see you, you you always post about your children. You're very engaged with your children. You know, I wasn't I wasn't like that when I was your age. I that's that's one of my regrets because because you know I had to work. I had to hard work hard to to help potato corner grow. But 
I'll try to find a way to catch up, not in spite of my kids being grown up already. So habul ako. I'll try to catch up with my wife, with my children, if I can, if I still can. Thanks, thanks, Joma, for sharing that. And uh, again, for all those listening, thanks so much for joining us. Actually, uh, we've got my other, my other magsaysay idol, Paco Magsaysay of Carmen's Best, listening to us here right now. Yeah, of course, hi, Paco. Uh, hi, Paco. <laughs> and also Francis Errol Medina, all the way from Dubai, saying hi here as well. We've got somebody asking, mm. how many years old is Potato Corner? Uh, from Michael Houston. 28 years old. Ayan na. Yeah. Pwede na magkasawa si Potato Corner. Yeah. <laughs> Now, let's go a bit more, Jamag, into your, into your what I, call, I like to call your secret origin as an entrepreneur. And it's a really interesting story that you have to tell. Um, because people think, and you know, initially, of um, Magsaysay family. They, they, sometimes people think because it's a, it's a storied a family name here in the Philippines that uh, you might have been handed things uh, on a silver platter, but that's very far from the truth. If I understand correctly, tell us a bit more. What led you onto this entrepreneurship journey? Well, diba, we're a, we're a big family now. The Magsaysay is a big family. Uh, well, they're the Magsaysays that have plenty money. <laughs> they're Magsaysays who don't have money. That was my <laughs> that was my father. No, my my, <laughs> my father. My father was a mechanic. My father was the younger brother of the late president. Mm-hmm. But the my 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 dad was a auto mechanic, and uh, well, he died early. At least you know, I was able to operate this with him being a mechanic. So I'm very, I, I like, I like you know mechanical things. I wanted to become an engineer, but sadly, um, math doesn't seem to like me. So <laughs> I, I ended up taking mass communications because it has the least had the, had the least you know math subjects. So, uh, I think. To me, to my mind, uh, the path of entrepreneurship, well, aside from selling, selling hulugan or installments of appliances and personal things to my fellow people at Wendy's when I was working at Wendy's, and then selling French fry boxes before, I think the path of entrepreneurship, as far as I'm concerned, is mastery first. Once you master something you do, I think people will just want to partner with you, and money will just come to you. But to me. It's important that you master something first before you start venturing into entrepreneurship, because part of entrepreneurship is mastering first what your enterprise. And and if you look at the stories of many entrepreneurs, I think they were they were employees before they mastered whatever they they did, and then eventually transition to entrepreneurship was just very natural and seamless. But do you have to begin really with? I mean, I'm just asking for people out there who are wondering. Some of them they become entrepreneurs. Straight out of college, even drop out of school, right. or or or, you know, is it, or is it good to? Oh yeah, please. you can be entrepreneur right right out of high school. You can be entrepreneur right out of being after being 18 years old. That is what franchising is all about. That's the beauty about franchising because the entre- the franchise or made all the mistakes already, made all made all the difficult things already. So that when when the franchise or hands the the franchise to you, especially if it's a turnkey operation. All you have to do is operate. I mean, that's the that's the sort of mastery which you gained from from doing franchising. But I also know, Jomag, that your story was not you didn't become a franchise or master kaagad. You actually began. Uh, I like your story. You began to with mopping floors, and I mean, you you went to Lasal for for college, but you were working part part time also at the same time. I guess was that to 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 pay for the college education at the time? To what was your story there, and how did it also affect you as an entrepreneur? Well, I was a scholar. 
of my uncle, but I didn't have allowance, you know. I just, they were just paying for my tuition. So I had to work for allowances, no? But it was difficult. I, I got to sleep. I, I didn't finish college because I had to work. Uh, but I was, it was always on my mind. Eh? Uh, I stopped college first so that I'll come back to college. But guys, you know, RJ, you never go go back to school after you get out of school. <laughs> so be careful what you decide. <laughs> finish. To my mind, just finish college first. That was my biggest regret. You know, I, I, it's always like this. I always say, you know, if I if I just finish college, I would not be cleaning rest toilets in Wendy's. I won't be mopping floors. And then, uh, well, in a way, my being not, I think, where I am today, no regrets and eh? no regrets. I think where I am today is because, you know, I wasn't a graduate and I had to work harder than everybody else. I had to, I had to prove to others that I was better. I was hard work. I was working harder. I worked harder than anybody else because I had, I had, I know, I had a, I didn't have a diploma with me. But of course, I, I'm thankful for uh, AIM and Asian Center for Entrepreneurship because. You know, in spite of my not having a college degree, I was able to get in the Masters of Entrepreneurship where I graduated from. Wow. What a story. And the, the thing is, you, you, you worked your way up. I mean, after you be, actually became a general manager from, 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 I guess, from mopping floors and running the, 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 cash, the cashier, you became a general manager for, uh, for uh, Mr. Donut. Is that right? Mr. Donut, right. How was that? How did you make the journey from? I, I'm just curious to find out because you 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 were motivated because you wanted to prove yourself better than other people that you could work harder than other people and that's how you moved yourself up. And there, what happened there was from 1992 to 97, I was helping run Potato Corner. In 97, well, aside from some friction with the partners on running the business. Because, you know, hey, I didn't know how to run a business. And none of us partners knew how to run a business. You can already see where that was going to go, right? uh, conflict with partners. In fact, the first two years, we already had some conflict with our partners. But we didn't want to break up. So we got a third party, a professional, to be the CEO of our company and to chair the board. So that helped a lot. But still, uh, 94, it was going good. 97, 97, I felt... Maybe maybe it's time for me to do something else and let my partners run it. So I did. The first thing I did was run for and I go to politics and I lost. So got depressed and I lost. No? So two months I was not leaving the. No, I wasn't leaving the the room the, the bedroom. But after that, that's when I got into Ramkar to uh, sorry to Mr. Donut and I worked mm. with Mr. Donut. And then timing. During my stint in Mr. Donut, that's when the financial crisis hit. Oh, wow. But, but, but even then, no, Mr. Donut grew from 250 stores to 800 stores during the Asian financial crisis. So we were able to do that. But then, I, then the nice thing about it, uh, Mr. Donut sent me to school, to AIM. You know? So I'm glad they paid for my tuition. So I owe them. I owe them a lot. I'm thankful for that. Uh, I graduated from you know, from Asian Institute of Management, armed with a with a nice plan, no, for for Mr. Donut and even for Potato Corner. So, and Potato Corner was was really hurt pretty bad by the Asian financial crisis. From 120 stores, we were left with barely 40 stores, no. Oh. So, 
eh, I told myself, if I don't, if I don't help run it, potato corn might just disappear, no? And I lose anything that is the only business that I have. Might as well come back. So I asked my partners, can I run potato corner again? I showed, I showed my plan. Uh, so that's what happened if you study, no? <laughs> you, you, be, you, you become good enough to make a plan. So I, I, so I gave my plan to my partners. They agreed. So I came back to run potato corn in 2001. And we and we it's like restarting, and we just like we started Potato Corner again from from start from startup. Hi, this is Roy Segalar from the research department at First Metric Securities and host of the Philippine Stock Market Weekly podcast, featuring timely and relevant discussions on the Philippine stock market and economy, in the hope of providing investing and trading guidance to Filipinos. New episodes every Tuesday, and as always, your future first. Importante ang mag-save, pero bakit marami ang walang ipon? The answer is because we don't spend enough time in learning practical financial strategies. This is Fitz Villafuerte, a registered financial planner, and I'm inviting you to listen to the 80% podcast, kung saan tuturuan ko kayo kung paano yumaman. So join me and let's talk about personal finance on the 80% podcast. Lagi ka bang nag-OT tapos OTY? Meron ka bang mga salbahing boss at pabidang mga office mates? Nako, isa kang immortal. I'm Stanley Chi from The Underpaid Podcast. We talk about work-related topics na parang nagchichismisan lang sa pantry. It's a pro-employee podcast na relatable sa lahat ng nag-opisina, pumapasok man, petics, o work from home. Listen and subscribe to The Underpaid Podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. Kita kids, mga immortal. I'm curious, Joma. So, what did you what did you do differently when you came back to Potato Corner? What what did you gain uh, from the degree or the learning that that made things different this time around when you went back to Potato Corner? I think what what I learned from the master's degree entrepreneurship program was for self mastery. You learn who you are, what what you can do, what you cannot do. Because those things that you cannot do, you seek others to help you. And then you you realize that part of the journey of being a good entrepreneurship is, is mastering your trade, which I already know that time. But I was able to master it some more because of because because we added something more, no? The program taught taught me how to seek opportunities. The, 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 pro, the master entrepreneurship taught me how to how to study the environment, how to read the environment properly. Wow. Now, um, I look again at Potato Corner now. Uh, when you guys were, were forming it, um, I, I often tell people when I, when I, when I give talks on, on entrepreneurship, I talk about what pain point were you solving when you put up the business. Can you bring me back a bit more before? Because right now, Potato Corner is a household name on almost every, on almost every mall. It's hard to get a Potato Corner franchise because there's already one in almost every place. But when you were just starting off, what were you guys trying to do? What were you trying to address? And what, what people were you trying to solve? And did you see it being what it is right now? No, it was simple. Uh, I was employed. I was employed at Wendy's. My two other partners, Danny was employed. Then George was also employed. Ricky, uh, my brother-in-law, was, has a bis- had a business, flavored popcorn business. And he was doing well. I mean, he was able to buy a brand new car, had a, had a cell phone. And in 1991, 92, those were expensive, especially cell mm-hmm. phones. Uh, 
So no, we got to talk. They they got to talk. I wasn't yet involved, no, when they were, when they were conceptualizing Potato Corner. But when they talk, let's say, hey, let's put flavor on something because they key successful in flavored popcorn. So they so they decided. So George thought about flavored rice. So then they started. They worked. They asked Danny to help. So they worked on Ricky George. Worked on it. Then they added Danny. Then eventually they added me to the to the to the group. Then after adding me to the group, we came up with a, a number. No, well, we need one hundred fifty thousand pesos to start the first cart of Potato Corner. So I didn't have that money. No, uh, I had to borrow. I had to borrow from my brother-in-law Ricky. Well, thank you to Ricky. So and then my other, my other two other partners, I think, borrowed money also. So the pain point is first. Okay, we started. We wanted to buy a cell phone. I wanted to buy a cell phone. I didn't have a car. Maybe, maybe I would could buy a car if I had a, a extra extra money, no. But I was just starting a family then. We had our first born in 1992, the year Potato Corner started. My worry, my worry right away is, where will I send my son to to school? How will I pay for the my son's tuition fee? And uh, of course, how can I buy a cell phone? So that was the first, you know, issue that we had to solve. So put a potato corner. It was a success, but the problem is, we were being offered sites to put a potato corner, few sites, and then there were other people who were saying, "Can I? I like that. I like your business. Can I get? Can I have that also?" Mm-hmm. Uh, so we didn't have money to expand. You know, we were just, we borrowed money. We're still paying for the loans. And then because because of my coming from the group that owned from, my one of my boss and my idols is Tito Pardo and mm. Ting Paterno. They own 7-Eleven and Wendy's. So, you know, it's about franchising. So maybe we can franchise, no? So we just researched. lang may internet already. So we were researched. <laughs> then... And then I saw a copy of, ano, I, for example, I saw a copy of the franchise contract of Dunkin' Donuts in the internet. So copied it also. So we franchised. The second store was already a franchise because we didn't have any money. And then we wanted to expand our business. So the way we expanded was through franchising. Wow. So that, that's the that new secret origin ng, ng Potato Corner pala. I have a question. When you, when you came back to, to Potato Corner, was there a time that you said, okay, it's not going to work. I want to quit. Because I mean, that's how many entrepreneurs feel. We often say that parang, it's like a roller coaster. Right? Some days, I love what I'm doing. Other days, my God, why did I do this again? Did you go through that period as well for yourself, Jomag? Uh, not, not, not for me. I think, well, not, I, didn't, I, I didn't go through that. But I think wow. I went through some some things on maybe it's time for me to spend time for myself and my, for my family. That I had to think about. You know, during my brain surgeries and during the thought of deciding whether it was so difficult for me to decide to leave Potato Corner. In fact, I had I had two years session of psychotherapy just just to get out wow. of it. Just to just to find out. That helped me a lot. So But now I'm back wow. in Potato Corner. The problem is I'm back in Potato Corner. <laughs> because, because you know, I told I told you two thousand one. I told my partners, can I run Potato Corner again? Because I can I can help. So this crisis again, I asked last March my partners, can I can I run the company again? Because I you know, as far as I'm concerned, the best person 
who should run a company during a crisis is a person who knows the business like the back of their hand. You don't need a person who's just going to learn the business because you need enterprise mastery. Eh. It's like, 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 like basketball. I likened it to basketball. Eh. Last two minutes. Like this crisis now, everybody's, it's, it's the last two minutes. The ball game is the last two minutes. We're behind 10 points. We're behind 20 points. Who do you send? You send the best players on the court. You don't send the, the second stringers to the, to, the, to the court, right? That's right. That's right. How did you guys initially react in the pandemic? So when it happened, you were actually already chairman emeritus right? of Potato Corner. Then you, you took the initiative to ask them if I can come back. Is that right? Right, right. Uh, because, of course, I mean, you, you still own part of the company and, and you want to make sure that it's, it's doing okay. Um, but how did you, what adjustments did you have to make? I mean, that's because what I see from you, why I, 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 what I really admire is that, you know, you work your way through the crisis of the, the Asian economic crisis and you're also working your way through the same crisis almost 20 years later, right? So, kumbaga, you've got the gut for it, but it's a different situation now, eh? How did you guys innovate or pivot during the crisis? What did you look at? What was your external assessment? And you said, okay, let's do this with Potato Corner during this particular crisis. I think, I think what, what we realized, and of course our board, no? our partners help us realize in Potato Corner, what kind of company are we? What kind of person are we in the company? So we're a franchising company. 80% of our stores are, are, are owned by franchisees. So what do we do first? We should find a way to take care of our franchises first. And that's very important now. Uh, so what do we do? So we are creating uh, other ways to, to, to augment the income of our franchises outside their own stores already. And you know where the market is going, right? They're all going to communities mm-hmm. already. Everybody's selling in that's their right. communities. Everybody's, there's so many entrepreneurs nowadays. So what can we do now in communities for our franchises? So we're creating our special forces armies, or creating other e-stores, you know, so that we can add income to our franchises. Ah, I see. So that, that's sort of like your, your period at this time, realizing that the core of the business is, is still the franchises and how you can continue to serve them uh, during this time. So what, what exactly happened? You said to your franchisees, okay, you can't open up. Let's just make you sort of like resellers of, of our product. Well, I don't, I don't really like the word resellers. Oh, in fact, we're giving them stores. We're, give, oh, we're okay. giving them actually digital or virtual stores to run. In fact, one of the stores is for kids, really. So, if you could, for example, your your son for for Lorenzo, for example, Lorenzo, I can we can give Potato Corn can give Lorenzo a a, a kids cart store. And really, yeah. it, Lorenzo's kid kids cart store. Then he can sell. Well, actually, it's going to be the parents now. But you just tell him it's yours, no. Why? Why is it important for 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 you to tell Lorenzo, for example, it's his story? It's because it builds self confidence, it builds self esteem. That's right. That's you, right. This is yours. This is yours. We're we're helping you. So, so it's all for kids. This store, this this store is for kids. Then the other one is the is a potato corner store. But the the thing that we're doing is none of the we're, we're what we're going to do moving forward is none of the products in the stores in the physic in the brick and mortar stores will be the same as. The ones in the e-stores. I see. So, well, so what, there's going would, to be how, really a segregation of, of product lines and menus. I see. Um, how did you, how did you, th- do you think that these changes that you're making right now to Potato Corner is some 
thing that will be sustainable, not just in the new norm. I mean, in the new normal, will it be a longer term thing that you're doing, or just sort of just to handle the problem right now? I think I think the the gig e-commerce part will stay already. It will permanently stay because we already everybody seeing the value of community, the community market, and we want to be strong in the community market. We're talking about. I'm not talking about. Uh, like a trading area of one kilometer, three kilometers. I'm talking about a trading area of uh, one one e-store owner in Sanlo, for example, in San Lorenzo Village. So that if somebody orders from you, I can just walk to the pers- to the client's house to deliver it, or the the one who's buying will just walk to my to my house to to pick it up. You know what I like about this? I recall talking to you, and you said about being a master. And it's basically taking what you used to talk about where you're the best at micromanagement, not micromanaging people, but rather in micromanagement of a franchise, of a kiosk. You're just bringing this skill right now to the e-commerce plane. Is that right? Is my understanding correct? Correct. For the last 28 years, we've been focusing on on micro, on micro, micro business, micro logistics, the micro supply chain. In micro businesses like Potato Corner, like our other brands, you know, Boss Chicken, they're all kiosks. So the classification of a micro is uh, with three or uh, not more than three people, right? Mm-hmm. So we realized let's just specialize in this model and we'll stay in this model and we'll master this, this, this micro model so that we will be the best in the country or maybe the best in the world. Fantastic. By the way, John Aguilar, good friend John Aguilar from the final pitch saying, hi, congrats, RJ with the podcast and to our idol and the final pitch investor, Judge Jomag. Thanks so much for joining us here. And at the same time, hi. Uh, Mark hi, So. <clears throat> hi, John. Mark So as well. Hey, RJ and Jomag, nice to see you guys here once hi, more. Mark. Really great. Really great to see all our friends listening to the show and supporting our show here uh, right now. Um, Jomag, uh, this, this, from all your achievements, I want to look back at all the achievements that you guys you've had so far, no? There are achievements which are your awards, but there are also times when you feel like there's an achievement which for you is your defining moment when it came to business, where you felt like, I've made it. What was that moment for you when it came to Potato Corner? Hey, alam mo, yung mga binibigay sa akin achievement, the awards, the achieve, the awards that are there giving to me, I don't think I deserve them. Uh, I, I always think they should be given to other people. Uh, but the, the the nice thing that I that we got was the Hall of Fame for Potato Corner, and I think that that gives that gives a distinction to the all the people who've helped the franchisees, the, the employees of Potato Corner, the partners at Potato Corner. I think that the award is the one to me that's very important, not the awards that they give me. To me, I don't deserve those. I think more people deserve my entrepreneurship awards than me. <clears throat> But again, this really speaks of your idea that, you know, uh, what is truly your strength, both as Jomag and as, as the head of Potato Corner, is, is partnership. And the, the partners is what really made the business grow from the very start. And what people don't also know is that, you know, you've got this particular management style. And I remember uh, reading on uh, your wife's Facebook page, it was exactly your style. It's like, you know, you're a bit hands-off. You don't really tell people directly what to do. You advise them and then bahalan na sila. Is that really your management style? It's sort of like, you know, Management by consulting people, lang. you don't really directly interfere. You don't you don't micromanage them. What, what's your management style like, Jomag, that, that help you grow this business uh, this big? Well, it's not it's not the it's not really a style. I think it's it's what you need to do just to to properly run a business. 
because I invest or I partner, for example, my partner usually is the one who's running the business. So I respect that if you're running the business, you're the managing partner, for example, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't interfere in management. I mean, let's or first thing we do is organize the board, like what we did for Mercato. We organize mm-hmm. the board. Uh, then we sit in the board. Then that's where I can say what I need to say. Then after that, the managing partner or management will take care of the day-to-day operations. Then I respect yeah. that. I think I think that's 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 very important if you want to grow a company very well. And I really appreciate that. And also for the listeners here right now in the podcast, no, actually, Jomag, and, and I call it my brain trust for Mercato. It's Jomag and two more professors from the EIM program who've moved now to Ateneo, which is uh, Professor Andy Ferreria and Professor Jay Bernardo, have worked together with yeah. me and my wife. Uh, and we all sit almost, almost every week during this crisis. And it really helped us, you know, clarify our thinking because this is our first major crisis in the business, right? And you, Jomag, and the rest have gone through crises in the past. So, kay papa, no, you've got some sort of uh, muscle memory. And, you know, you're, you're not telling us what to do. You advise us what to do. But at the end, it's really our call to make. And, and we really appreciated that one. Um, Jomag, how about in terms of uh, best practices? You have, I mean, if you were to hack your brain, are there, are there things that you see over time, the, the wisdom that you've gained, which are the great best practices or success secrets that you've got when it comes to doing business? I think it's to always to ask for help. I don't know many things, no? But I ask consultants, I ask friends, I ask my part my my fellow Philippine franchise and franchise uh friends and a lot and I ask a lot of entrepreneurs for for feedback and I use and even you, you know, I'm learning from you, RJ. Oh, really? You know, I'm learning <laughs> from I'm I'm learning from my partners. In fact, I'm so amazed. That when I'm talking to people who pitch to me, young people who become my partners, I actually learning from them. Well, thanks so much. I, I I appreciate the synergy and the collaboration that we have, Jamag. Now you've got like a very storied history when it comes to Potato Corner and the other businesses that you do. But do you still feel like uh, over the past years that there was an opportunity that you missed out on? That if you took it, wow, it would have been it would have skyrocketed already by now. Uh, I don't think there is any. I think we did what I I think we did all our best for Potato Corner. Uh, but of course, uh, maybe now, no, maybe now, uh, because of this crisis. Because how long? I mean, I thought this crisis was going to be a month. Then after a month, I thought maybe three months, maybe three more months. <laughs> I don't think it will last three more months. Maybe maybe first quarter, or maybe some people or some friends are even saying. Jomag, that will last until 2022 already, this crisis. But now, because of that, maybe my regret now is maybe we should have listed in the stock exchange and because it's easier to raise funds when you're, in the, when you're listed. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but what I like is, Deba, uh, did your, did, this is interesting, but as you say this one, no, did your perspective sort of change? Because we were planning together with you and you were also planning Potato Corner. Okay, here's the one-month horizon, three-month horizon, six-month horizon, one-year horizon for us right now. What has changed for you in terms of the planning for Potato Corner as, as things got progressively longer for us experiencing this pandemic? What, what changed well, for you? Well, the thing is, when we thought it was just a month, this, this lockdowns or this pandemic was going to last only a month. We said, oh, we'll not do anything. We'll just take it easy first. Then when 
when it became like three months already, wow, uh, we just have to find a way to maybe last another three months. Now, because because of this now, it's going to take the rest of the year until maybe 2021. We're now we're now planning what we need to do for the next uh, a year and a half already in terms of in a, in a crisis being in a crisis situation. I see, I see. Um, and having said all that, no, um, which is interesting because many many companies have already folded. Many restaurateurs I know have, have folded, um, and they might consider that failures for themselves, no. Um, but what I wanted to ask you is that you know we often say that. When you fail, especially if you're an entrepreneur, failure is just an investment in learning. So for you, Jaman, in all the years that you've been doing business, what do you think was your most spectacular failure? But what did you actually learn from that failure? My, my most spectacular failure was uh, not finishing college. And I've been making up for that for the rest of my life. <laughs> on, 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 the, on the thing that you mentioned about Many many FNBs are closing, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of them have just lost because cash is the lifeblood of any business, right? Mm-hmm. So, alamo, they should talk to us, RJ. That's maybe right. we can we can <laughs> we can we can talk to other people, pull in some funds, and be angel investors. No, we can for those who 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 you know, who have who have some, maybe we can talk to everybody, pull in like like maybe. Like me, maybe a thousand each, or maybe ten thousand pesos each, or half a million each, to raise maybe ten million or hundred million together. That that that's strong. Now we can maybe help other entrepreneurs by being an angel investor to them. Fantastic. So if anybody's listening here right now to the podcast, if you are a company right now that especially an F and B business, which Jamag and I have a personal fondness for, if you if you are you need some help. Please talk to us after the podcast. We might be able to help you, uh, you know, restart your business or regrow your business. Because, like we say, in uh, in crisis, there's still opportunity. Tama ba tayo jan damang? I mean, right, you grew right. the, you, you regrew the. I mean, I look back in you regrew. I just realized you regrew the business of Potato Corner from forty stores all the way to two thousand. But you also regrew also the Mister Donut during the crisis, pala, from two fifty to eight hundred, diba? Is that right? More or less, right? Right, but uh, I, I I wanted to ask this, Kanina. It just it just escaped me. But then, how did you grow it during the crisis, especially a franchise like Mister Don? How did you grow from two fifty? You tripled it. What, what did you do? You know, I think in in franchising there has to be there has to be confidence in the in the business, and I think if there is a strong leader, it it helps a lot. If there's a f- strong figurehead, it helps a lot. And that's what, and that's what you provided for them. Now, moving on, Jamag, there's, there's some, talking about investment, we talked about investing in other businesses. Uh, what, what I'm curious right now to ask you is that uh, you, uh, you being an entrepreneur also, and a very savvy one is that, what do you invest in? Do you also, do you invest in the stock market? Do you buy property, bonds, or do you invest in other businesses? What, what do you invest in, Jamag? Most of my, my, most of the things that I invest are, well, it's a lot. I have, I invest in hospitality and mainly F and B. In fact, fifty percent of what I earn goes to investing. Uh, actually, not investing, helping startups or helping distressed companies inter- or distressed entrepreneurs 
try to ano try to get out of being distressed why do you invest in us why do you invest in distressed companies why do you invest in fmb businesses as well i mean i mean sometimes for other people it just might make sense but what what drives you to continue looking at other companies all the time and helping them grow ini galing tayo dun eh you know i was i was i was myself ano you know an employee and didn't have anything you know i just want to make sure also i can i can help those who were like me before wow i like this one again see jean maglimot uh, magimot uh, stressing stressing again your point strong leadership and confidence in your product is key and uh, grace tesico tells us during these hard times we should be inspired by these kind of entrepreneurs i let you know i'm very inspired by jobag during this crisis if jobag was not there kumbaga lifeline kid i call him up jobag what can we do uh i think it was very very helpful this time and of course marvin da silva listening here as well god bless both hi, of you marvin. rj and jobag hi marvin and and more power to the podcast program um jobag uh, What do you look for when you invest in FMB businesses? Do you look at the quality of the business? What do you look at the financials, or do you look more at the people running the business? You know, I look at the person, the person more than the business because the business might fail when I start coming in and starting giving advice. The business might evolve to another animal. For example, it's a pig now. After I get through with that, after all the brainstorming, after the discussions on the business. It might become a, it might become an ox later on. So <laughs> it's not the business that I look into, look at. It's the it's the person, no. Especially if the person is hungry, you know, uh, has the grit, and hey, uh, I I'll take care of the capital. Maybe I'll take care of the capital. I'll help you help you organize it. If you run it for me, run it for us. Then let's take care of each other. Which is exactly the case of what we experienced here in. Uh... In Mercato, and just to share with people right now, I, I remember uh, when we were also at the crossroads in Mercato Central, and when I came to Jomag to possibly uh, invest in the business, he said, "I'm not investing so much in Mercato Central as I am investing in uh, in URJ and you, Vanessa." And and for that, we were very very appreciative because you know you, you saw that it was really our drive that 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 brought the business to where it is right now. Um, Jomag, uh, looking back right now, I mean, you you you. You said you know you mentioned Titoy Pardo uh, uh, and and uh, Tim Paterno as your some of the people who you look up to uh, as mentors for yourself. But who are who are you who are who are your business mentors? Because we look to you as a mentor. But who are, who do you find to be your business mentors or rather business tormentors? And, and what did you what did you gain from them? Well, uh, of course, Tim Paterno, Titoy Pardo, uh, you know, Yvette or or Beta. Jess Montemayor, Manolo Agustines, you know, I might not be very close to them, but I might be always trying to emulate or mimic the things that they're doing, because I like I like how they run their business, and you know, and I and I combine all their the the traits I like and put in and then put that into me. And what I found very interesting, Jomang, is that when you when you got all those traits, no, and then one time you were sharing that you you look at your mission statement of your company you look at the vision and unlike others that they they hold it for let's say 5 to 10 years straight for you even in 3 months 1 month we can change the vision again is that right yeah in fact especially today no i mean mm, oh. to to my mind okay let's do a business plan a 5 year business plan but every month we're changing everything especially well right especially now in this kind of business environment you have you're going on a month to month thing really 
ito and then every month like i like i have to call my my you know no my my gurus Ed, <laughs> professor edmonto professor andy ferria uh, professor danny antonio professor j bernardo so, so oh. I, I i i'm the one who torments them and ask them for advice <laughs> ikaw pa <yung> tormentor <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Para I, I make you kulit, but you also make them kulit palang also at the same time, which which works. And that's really that's really where, where we yeah. learned so much from them. Oh, architect Gene Go says hi, hi RJ, hi Jomak. Proud of your achievements. Time to pick up the pieces and learn from one another. Uh, me and Gene Go have a great story as well. Jomak, we were mm-hmm. supposed to work together for the food hall, but uh, last night we realized there's a bigger and better collaboration coming out of uh, this whole crisis. Eh? Okay, <laughs> where we can help each other and. Uh, Rami Bitong is asking, Sir Joe, do you teach entrepreneurship anywhere right now? Well, I I'm I'm faculty also at Asian Center of Entrepreneurship and uh, Ateneo Graduate School. So the ME program, I'm a faculty there. Then of course in AIM, no, I'm uh, I'm an entrepreneur in residence. So but exa- I, yeah. I mentor a lot. I mentor a lot. You know, I, I get I get a call, for example, uh, Mr. Magsaysay. Uh, I need I need to seek advice from you. So if I'm free, why not? Yeah. So Rami, try to try to hit up uh, Joe Mag. It, and I tell you, it's very easy to talk to him. And um, the nice thing about this one, like if you were listening to this conversation earlier on, is like the best time to talk to Joe Mag is during a board meeting. And when you present it, the nugget of wisdom that you gain from about the ten minutes that you talk to him is worth. It's it's worth it. It's it's worth it because. He will spin your mind by the time you're done, <laughs> and then you'll realize something which you didn't realize before. But, but I also appreciate coming from Jomang is that those are things he also learned from other people, and he's just passing on passing on the knowledge. And he, he's part of, but at the same time, he's he's already uh, run it through his mind, and, he, right. and it, it's uh, customized for you already by the time it gets to you. Now, uh, Jomang, as we come to the close of this uh, this uh, podcast very soon, just a couple of more questions because, like I said, you're usually an entrepreneur. Who finds who's always looking for opportunities, and you know what? For many people, this crisis might bring them down. But all of a sudden, if you put on again your entrepreneurial mindset or entrepreneurial hat, you'll always you'll always see opportunities. And what opportunities are you seeing in particular that are emerging from this pandemic? Well, for example, for for Potato Corner, we just have to shift to being to be more because we're we're like for example, we have more than a thousand stores in the Philippines alone. So it's impossible for us not to be in logistics. Then we realize now, maybe, well, if you look at the logistics, com- logistics company now, no, they're doing very well no? during this crisis. So, hey, we're in logistics anyway. So maybe let's put a lens now and focus on and magnify our logistics, our, our logistics business. And, and that's where we're going now. So it's really, it's, you, you can call it a pivot. But you call it you call it a shifting or a shuffle. So we're just shuffling from hey, we're just we're doing store operations because store operations are not doing too well. They're plateaued in this kind of way during this crisis. Hey, let's put a magnifying glass on our other part of the operations now. See, we didn't have to do anything. We're just shifting one lens to another lens. Wow, that just I like that shifting just from one lens to another lens. And what I'm seeing from what you're telling us is that some people. Uh, let's say, for example, they were a, a, a travel agency or a tour agency or an events company. Uh, what they need to take a look at is not so much what was lost, but rather what was left, meaning there was a certain infrastructure that was still there that they could use to pivot the business, which, which you just did, basically, because you said, we're doing logistics, 
let's just take whatever framework we have and, and use it somewhere else. Is that is that right, Jomag? Yeah, that's true. That's right. Um, oh, uh, June Gering, one of the best salespeople ever saying hi here to us as well. Jomag, ever since from Great Wall Advertising, you've been helping a lot of people for so many years by helping the greatest number of people, especially the micro-small entrepreneurs within his reach. Jomag, again, for people who don't know, June Gering wrote The Filipino Art of Breakthrough Selling. Really great salesperson over there. Wow. Uh, and um, Jomag, uh, just two last questions for you. Is there something that for you, you haven't accomplished yet? Because I know for you, I mean, when I talk to you, you're into hyper growth. You want companies that, that are, you look for companies that can scale easily or hyper grow. But is there, aside from that one, are there other things that you think that you still need to do or you feel that you haven't done just yet in the business world? Well, no, I'm, I'm happy where I am. You know, I just want to make sure my partners become all successful. That's all, that's all that matters to me. That's a very comforting thought, Jabag. <laughs> and especially because we're partners in, in both Mercato Central and, of course, uh, Easy Franchise at the same time. And uh, Jabag, last but not the least, what's next for you? Uh, what's next? You know, I haven't... The thing is, because I live a day at a time, RJ, I don't even, I don't even know what's next. And, and, and we talked about I'm not planning anything always, no? So what's next to me is what will happen tomorrow. I don't know what that what that's going to be. I'm just going to live today the best I can live it, and whatever happens tomorrow, wow, that's nice. That's going to be nice. Thanks so much, Joe Mag. And I said that'd be my last question, but I actually have one more. Yeah. Uh, when when I first met you, uh, when when we re met again, and I was sharing with you that I wanted to uh, explore a partnership together with you, and for you to possibly invest in the company, what really touched me was when you told me that, you know, RJ, what's very important in your life is to have a strong prayer and faith life. And you even shared with me the community that you were with. And, and personally for me, um, I, have a, I, I like to think that me and my wife are, are struggling, but trying to do our best to, to grow more in, in faith in, in life. Can you share with us a bit more about what was your own experience? Uh, you know, how important that, that prayer life is for you? It's very important for me because, you know, if not for that, I would have lost hope many times, you know. I mean, if you look at if you look at my my struggle in business in life, it's always coming from one coming out from one crisis to another. Of course, we only talked about the Asian financial crisis and this COVID crisis now. But my life has been full of ano crisis, one after the other. Kung wala lang, wala lang kung di dahil sa dasal, wala tayo dito ngayon. <laughs> Thank you again so much, Jamal, for guesting on my first ever podcast, the RJ Ledesma podcast. We appreciate the time and the effort. Again, thanks again to everybody who listened in on the first podcast. Please join me again next week for another great podcast as well. Now, if you've got an interesting business personality or, or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview here on the podcast, please let me know. Drop me a message again. Jamal, thanks so much. I wish you well uh, for this podcast. Uh, as we, as we enter into the new normal, thank you so much for all the help that you've given us here on Mercato and, and on Easy Franchise. I hope that through this talk, many people were inspired, but at the same time, that you find also more partners you can support. And uh, let's get this country back on track. Again, Jamal, thank you so much. Thank you, RJ. Okay. God bless, Jamal. Thank you. to us. God bless you.